1: My go-to order at Skyline has always been a regular three-way and cheese coney.
2: But today, I made the switch to five-way. Those hearty beans and diced onions took it to another level. From now on, I'm a Skyline five-way guy. It's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. And at my bookie, winning season's all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL, Major League Baseball, UFC, golf, and then some. The craziest sports summer we've ever had. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your sports intuition, people. Select from hundreds of futures bets. You can bet games in real time with my bookies live betting. Put that big old brain of yours to good use and use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. Today on the Zapecast, to say that Major League Baseball had a terrible, no-good, bad week would be an understatement. I'll give you my thoughts on what baseball's doing right and where they are likely screwing it all up. The NBA is up and running, and the product is good. In fact, we might even get to the point where we're not talking about who's standing or kneeling. But, well, here we are. All that, plus a recap of Caddy Day 1, and pour one out for old Wilfer Brimley. Your daily kickstarter of Uncensored Zabe is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go!
3: <laughs> Here we go!
2: Monday, August 4th, 2020, thank you for joining me, and thank you for downloading. Greetings from Green Bay, Wisconsin, home ...of the Green Bay Packers, where I will be for the next two days at our affiliate, the great WNFL. The greatest call letters for a sports station in America. They carry my show on 97.3 The Game out of Milwaukee. They are fantastic hosts and partners and a station, a, a facility, a building... That is the finest I have ever seen for radio. It is clean, it is modern, it is spectacular, and I'm just very humbled and proud and thankful that they are carrying the show, and I'm looking forward to being up here as often as I can during the football season, assuming there's something to come to, and that's, of course, still the big thing that's looming out there is about what about football? What about football? Let's put that aside for right now. Subscribers, I owe you, okay? This is me. I'm pointing to my nose. I'm pointing at you. I'm looking you right in the eye. I I owe you one. I know that. Only three podcasts last week. There was no subscriber edition on Friday. It's because of travel and other things, and then my voice went out, and I'm like, I, I can't deliver. I can't deliver what I felt would have been a quality Friday show. I couldn't. I can't. I won't. I will make it up to you. You will get... The Friday Missing Show, at some point here along the way, it's just going to pop up, boom, there it'll be, in your subscriber feed to the Zabecast. Okay, I promise you that, but I had to shut it down for a day or two to get back to right. Speaking of shutting down, let's start with Major League Baseball. Well, 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 I said to start the week that those who are calling it chaos and a disaster were hyperventilating and over-exaggerating. Okay. At the time they were. Now we're on the edge of chaos. Now we're on the edge of disaster. So the question becomes, can baseball pull it back from the brink? What can they do? What should they do to pull it back from the brink? So you had the Marlins outbreak, which I guess crested at 18 members of their team. 10 players, 8 staffers. I don't know what the numbers are, but I do love the punishment by the way. Baseball found out that they were being very loose in Atlanta. They were going out at night, going to clubs, going to places and that uh, that led to these new tighter protocols where they're going to put a hall monitor in charge and say you guys better, you know, stay inside when we're out traveling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They can't police players when they're back home in their home cities. So this is going to keep coming up. Guys are going to keep testing positive because the virus is going to virus, yo. It's just how it is. But the Marlins were apparently very lax in Atlanta, and that led to their outbreak. Okay, so the players have been punished by being put on a bus from Philadelphia to Miami. Oh, my fucking God. What a bus ride that is. They call it a sleeper bus, though. Uh, I've never seen a sleeper bus, per se. Put them on the hound, as the saying goes. Put them on the greyhound. <laughs> I rode a bus once. I, I swear to God, you're going to think my parents are the worst parents in the world. I'm 15 years old. It's spring break. My aunt and uncle, Aunt Rita and Uncle Bob in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, live on a golf course in a golf course community, beautiful house, beautiful golf course. I'm a super-duper golf nerd, and the fact that I could just stay with them and go play golf and walk this golf course every single day, as much as I wanted, was heaven to me. Well, my parents weren't going to go down to Columbia, South Carolina, and I guess they didn't want to spring for an airplane ticket, or it was too expensive. You know what my parents did when I was 15 fucking years old? They put me on a bus, and I took it. I said, all right, I will take it. And I'm on this Greyhound bus and I almost got off the bus and transferred to a bus that was going to Charlotte, North Carolina instead of Charlottesville. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was it was a bus that was gonna go to Charlottesville, Virginia, and I was supposed to take this first Greyhound to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm like, what's that, Charlottesville, Charlotte? And I was like, oh, and I was like showing the guy my ticket. No, no, you're supposed to be on this. So there I was, 15-year-old boy. Didn't know anybody on the bus, sat there on the Greyhounds, straight up and down. Probably a 14-hour ride when it was all said and done, but guess what? I got down there, and I got to play golf. I was very happy. Good times. I think it toughened me up. Anyway, Marlins players sent down on a bus. Okay. Then we get ready for the Cardinals Brewers home opener, On Friday, everyone in Milwaukee is super excited, even though you can't tailgate. And you got to understand, I know every city has big tailgates for their opening day. Nobody does it like Milwaukee. Nobody. I mean, opening day brewer season, parking lot tailgate is the stuff of legend. How about waking up as soon as the bars open? And I think they open them at 6 a.m. on opening day, people drinking right from 6 a.m. It's unbelievable. It's, It's a hell of a lot of fun, but this year they wouldn't even let fans go into the parking lot to tailgate, even though they couldn't get into the stadium to watch the actual game. Still, the town's excited, they're ready to go, and then you get word on Friday morning, boom. Positive tests, game has been postponed. Then we find out through Instagram, a couple of Cardinals players were at Whistling Straits playing golf, which I don't think is high risk, but people are tut, 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 tut. How dare you? And then we find out that a couple other players might have gone to a casino. It might have been Pottawatomi. I'm not sure if there was in another city that they went to a casino. And a couple positives, shut it down. Saturday game, same thing, shut it down. Sunday doubleheader, seven-inning doubleheader, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. So we had three games, six teams shut down due to coronavirus. This weekend, there may be more by the time this day is over. I'm recording this at 940 in the morning on Sunday. And it's going to start getting very hairy if there's more and more of these. Now, I want to know, what, what about that 60-man roster? I thought that was your, your plan, baseball. You're like, don't worry. we Got protocols. We got a 60-man roster. Just dip into it like a big bucket of players. Bring them up. Get them in. Go on your merry way. I guess they're not going to do that. I understand right now they want to get their arms around this. Just like Tony Soprano once told Artie Bucco to the guy you loan money to. He's like, you got to get your arms around this, Artie. (laughs) Getting your arms around it, I get it. It's easier and better now to just flush games early, make them up later, because in a month, conditions may improve considerably. They could get worse, but they may improve. So kicking the can down the road is not the worst idea in the world. But there has to be a changing, I think, of the mindset. And Manfred on Friday struck this note of, I will turn this car around if the if the players don't do better. I don't think that's a great strategy to blame the players, even though some of them may have absolutely been at fault here. But then by Saturday, in a different interview, he said, no, no, we're playing. We're not going to quit. We're going to play. And I think that's the better tone to strike because here's the thing. Stopping now would earn baseball the all-time scarlet letter of shame. If you think there's too many sports writers and opinion sports writers dunking on the uh, MLB right now for not being prepared, for not taking this seriously, for not having a plan, for just doing a, a hasty cash grab, If you think it's bad now, oh, my God, could you imagine if baseball says, yep, that's it, we can't play. All-time, all-time status. You will cement for yourself the league that failed, and the league that would be super pissed at baseball would be football, the NFL. Because football is counting on baseball to stand up, have a plan, march, and deal with the wounded as they keep marching, so to speak. That's what football's counting on. The pressure on football to never even try to start would be immense if baseball packs it in. I think the smart people in baseball understand this. And I think they're going to use this week to further figure things out. As I said when this broke on Monday, I said, well, the only way to know whether baseball is or is not playable under these current conditions is to, wait for it, keep playing and while there were four games postponed on Saturday one was a rain out three were COVID outs there were 12 games played so there's that the baseball was pretty entertaining so you got to look at the glass more than half full and just try to find a way forward apparently a couple of the Phillies positive tests the club now says they believe are false positives and hell I wouldn't doubt it we know we know from laboratories that do their own testing and do their own quality control that they have found upwards of 30% false positives. We know from research that the fragments of the virus's DNA can stay in the body for up to 80 or 90 days. And if a test is sensitive enough, it can pick up one of those fragments and kick out a positive. Juan Soto for the Nationals, who finally got put back in the lineup, said, for me in my mind, it was a fake positive. I've been working on it. I've been tested a bunch of times negative. I've been following the rules, being in the right spot, and I think that's why it was a fake positive. I've been really serious with this virus. I agree. So how do you then handle false positives? How many players on a single team popping at once is enough to cancel a game? I think right now they're canceling more aggressively than they will later, but they're going to do this now because it's better to be more extreme at this time and then slowly let off your grip later on. I will turn this car around, Manfred. Meanwhile, Lorenzo Kane for the Brewers, outstanding gold glove center fielder, has opted out of the rest of the season, saying he just feels like it's the best thing to do with the uncertainty right now for himself, his wife, and his family, and his three kids. To which I say to him, Low Kane. Go with God, my friend. If you don't feel comfortable, nobody would ever want you to say uh, would ever want to say to you, "Oh, come on, man." If that's how you feel, now do I respect his decision? No, I accept it, and I wish him the best, and I say, "Go with God." That's different than respect, though. Now you may say, "Well, wait a minute. That sounds like you respect him." If you're saying, "Good for you. Do what you feel is right." Isn't that respect? No, it's a different... i say that's accepting it. I accept it. It's okay. I'm not mad about it. But do I respect it? No. Because to me, I think it's irrational fear. Now, he's far braver than I am. Any baseball player is to stand in there against Major League, Major League Pitching and watch a fastball whiz past their nose at nearly 100 miles per hour. Hell, I'm such a chicken shit. I basically made sure that the bunting challenge against Paul Wagner at the uh, Caddy Day outing never happened. <laughs> I made sure to not bring it up once we were out there. I didn't say, hey, where's your glove? Where's your ball? Where's your pad? Let's go do this thing. I could have. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, it looks like it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, that's a shame there because I'm a chicken shit. But about the virus, I don't know. I can't respect it. I accept it. I wish Locaine the best. Respect, though, I can't go there. Danny Cannell, who caught a lot of shit for this on Twitter, no shock, tweeted, not a criticism, but I wonder if these pro athletes opting out realize they are taking on way more risk, leaving the stringent testing, strict protocols, and extreme protections than they are not being in that environment unless they go home and never leave their house. I think Cannell is right. I think that opinion will get savaged on social media unless Locaine is going to test himself out of his own pocket at home every other day or every other week, he's not going to get that advanced heads-up warning. But again, this is a personal decision. He is going to lose, I think I read, something like $4 million, even on his prorated salary, which, wow, it's a lot of money. Maybe he looks at it like, you know, this, this season is so jacked up anyway. Seven-inning doubleheaders, 60-game sprint, Expanded postseason. The fuck am I doing out here? I don't need this. So good for Locaine. Stay healthy, my friend. You're a hell of a player. Super respected in the clubhouse amongst your teammates. Uh, and I respect him as a player and as a person. The decision, The decision, though, I don't respect. I think the decision is, uh, is overly paranoid and a mistake. But that's okay. It's his life. It's his career. It's his $4 million. Stopping now for baseball. They can't stop. Unless it's just so unworkable. They cannot stop. I would personally, just like in uh, the Apollo 13, failure is not an option. Baseball needs to focus on this. And they need to subtly shift their message just a bit. I wouldn't be testing so many asymptomatics. By the way, speaking of asymptomatics, how many players of all the positives on just these two teams, Cardinals and Marlins, are symptomatic? How many are sick? I have not heard And I haven't really dug deep, but I usually hear about this stuff. How many of them are sick? How many of them are seriously sick? Anyone get like Freddie Freeman sick where he's 104-degree temperature and he's saying, please, God, don't take me? I don't know. My boy Josh says, well, the answer is nobody's sick because if they were, you would have heard about it. And I say, you're probably right about that. Speaking of getting sick, It's not that the coronavirus is not dangerous to potentially young and healthy people. Oh, it is. It's potentially dangerous in some degrees, in some ways. It can have long-term effects. It can, might, some, percentage, odds, risk. Again, this is the whole mix we're in. Red Sox pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez, who is scheduled to be their number one starter this year, is going to miss the rest of the season. He's recovering from myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart, that the team believes, I emphasize, is the result of his recent bout with the coronavirus. He tested positive before the start of summer camp and then was cleared and returned to workouts on July 18th. He was then shut down a week later after an MRI revealed his ailment. Rodriguez said last Sunday his doctors told him that 10 to 20% of people who have COVID-19 also have been diagnosed with myocarditis. Excuse me. Oh, God. That's what not having a cough button will do. Pardon me. I should take that out, but then I'll take five minutes to go through this. Nice work, Zabe. I emphasize a couple things. The team believes it's because of coronavirus. We don't know that. He got coronavirus before the start of summer camp. So, in other words, he got it just being home. Being, quote, safe. And then the 10 to his Rodriguez said the doctors said that 10 to 20% of people who have COVID also have been diagnosed with myocarditis. That can't be a global number because asymptomatic people, I don't think, have myocarditis. Not 10 to 20%. Who knows? But it's an example of, yes, it can have serious repercussions. Now, will he recover from myocarditis? I hope so. I think so. I don't know much about the disease, but. I wish him the best. So it needs to be noted those things can happen. 144 days off. That was nothing for Giannis the Greek freak as he showed us all why He's got to be the MVP this year. Dominant restart performance, Bucks opener against Boston. Hey, we're all excited to see what week two of the basketball restart has in store for all of us. And if that isn't enough excitement for you, DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is offering you a shot at a share of a million dollars every day this week. If you've not tried it yet, fantasy basketball is a lot of fun. You pick eight players, you stand under the cap, pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. No better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a share of a million dollars at DraftKings. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings offers fantasy golf. We've got a major this week, so you got that going for you. Get in on the action before the golfers tee off on Thursday for a shot at a million bucks. With a million dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie Zulu, Alpha Bravo Echo, and get that shot at a million dollars in prizes every day this week. Make sure to use my promo code, otherwise you don't get that shot at a million. Promo code ZABE. Get a shot at a million bucks in prizes every day this week. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, stand or sit. I asked the question on Twitter on Friday in my poll. I said, are we at peak sports social justice signaling, or is there more to come? And I put yes or no as answers, and that was a bit confusing. I thought it was straightforward, but I get it. Basically, my question was, because the NBA opened up on Thursday night with a a big show of solidarity, every player, every coach, every referee kneeling and locking arms and wearing T-shirts and with special slogans on the back of their shirts and with Black Lives Matter on the court and with video tributes and video introductions that highlight the social justice message, okay? It's all fine, but... You zoom, but you step back a bit, and you you look at it, and you're like, "Wow, that is a that's a lot of social justice messaging right there." That's a lot coming at me. We're kneeling. We're locking arms. We've got T-shirts. We've got names on the back. We've got a thing on the court, and this came. Ancient conjunct it's not too late to make someone's holiday season a special one
1: start now as an amazon delivery station warehouse associate to earn some extra money for the holidays you'd help bring joy to thousands near you by preparing packages and loading them
2: up for their final delivery with night and early morning shifts available through the new year you'd also
1: have the flexibility to spend time with your loved ones to start as a delivery station associate, go to amazon.com slash Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer.
0: At Vanguard, this is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined, and Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
2: ...with the NCAA saying that student athletes will be able to wear such names and social justice messages on their jerseys. And I go, oh boy, here we go. By the way, Penn State doesn't have names. Many schools don't have names. Will a student athlete say, I have the right to? to put a name of a victim of police brutality on my jersey, so I'm going to do it. And does Penn State then have to cave to them? Don't know. Anyway, I just asked, are we at the peak of it? And I think my answer is yes. I think when the floodwaters of this current movement are marked on that signpost, you know, where you see the dirty little high water, like, oh, look at the dirt right up there. That's where the water came to. I think that was the high water mark because... There's guys now not standing. Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, the first player not to, not to kneel, then he stood during the National Anthem, did so and then explained calmly it's because as somebody who is uh, very religious, he says, I believe, you know, Jesus Christ, that I should stand. And that, you know, he, he gave his explanations for it. He said it was rooted in his religious beliefs and that he didn't feel it was right uh, to be kneeling. And he he can explain it for himself, and you can accept or reject, or you can respect or not respect his decision accordingly. That's to to each everybody their own. But he explained it. So he was the first. Then you had Myers Leonard, who is white. Isaac, of course, is black. I forgot to mention that. But Myers Leonard, Miami Heat center stood. He's white. And he said afterwards, I think I can be a beacon of light, not only for my voice or platform of action, but everything I'm doing, he said. He said he can be both a patriot and a supporter of Black Lives Matter. He said, I certainly support Black Lives Matter. I'm very aware of what's going on, but I can be both. My patriotism runs deep. Leonard, who was the lone player in the game to stand, cited his respect for the U.S. military. His brother, Bailey Leonard, served, served two tours in Afghanistan with the Marines, but he noted that he doesn't think kneeling is disrespectful. Okay, I can get with that double message right there. I say if, it, if I was there and I stood for the anthem, and I would want to stand for the anthem because I do believe it is worth standing for. I don't like it when the anthem is played at sporting events. I'm there with a, a hand over my heart, hat off, looking at the flag, taking a moment to reflect on what a great country this is. And all of the men and women who went to their deaths to defend it. I love that moment of reflection. Imperfect as America is, striving always to be better. I like that moment. And and sometimes at a game, I'll you know, during the anthem, you know, one of my Jack and A buddies will like turn and lean to me like, Hey man, do you think you think John Wall is gonna get in much minutes time? I'm like, anthem. Jesus, take a moment. So I would I would want to stand for the anthem, and I think my explanation would simply be this. I would say I stood for the anthem just because it's the thing that allows my brothers here of all colors to kneel and to not worry that they will be whisked away by some government black van or helicopter and sent to a re-education camp. That's why I stand. I stand for the anthem that allows my teammates to kneel to protest injustice. Yay, America. Then Jimmy Butler tried to wear a no-name jersey and was made to take it off. I think Butler's explanation was something along the lines of no one person is more important than the other, even if they are victims of police brutality. I'm not sure his explanation. I didn't research it. Does it really matter? Nice prep work. The bottom line is they made him take it off. So it's like, well, you can protest, but you can only protest in the ways that we tell you to protest. (laughs) And where did Jimmy Butler get a nameless jersey with his number on it? That's what I want to know. Did he spiff the equipment manager? Like, hey, man, just take that name off of there. And then you had, of all people, Greg Popovich stand for the national anthem as well as assistant coach, Becky Hammond. And they didn't explain why that was. And I'm like, okay. I think we reached the peak of sports social justice virtue signaling. I think it's going to be a a, a downward trend from there. The NHL is doing virtually none of it. A lot of people say they love that. That's fine. But um, I think we're at the peak there. Who knows? uh what's gonna happen from here. But at least now there's a couple guys saying they want to stand. And they should be respected and applaud well not respected. If you don't want to respect them, that's fine. But you should accept the fact they have the right to not kneel and still say, look, I understand the movement. I'm with it. I sympathize. I want reforms, but when it comes to the anthem, I'm gonna stand. Oh yeah, two other things on this name thing real quick. Shouldn't players' fake names be required to be called by the announcers when they're calling the games? In other words, and Justice takes it across the half court, passes it to Black Lives Matter. Now down low to Equality Now. Rebound on the shot. No good. Vote with the rebound. He sends it back to say their names. He is freedom for three. Got it. I want to make the announcers say the names on the back of the jerseys. I saw Gordon Hayward for the Celtics had education reform. It like went all the way across the back of his jersey and I'm like, "All right. What kind of reform?" I would be curious to know. A lot of people think the reform should be break up the teachers' unions. Because what's going on right now, the teachers' unions are calling the shots. Your kids won't be in... If your kids are not in school this fall, it's because of your local teachers' union. They're the ones calling the shots to the point where, in D.C., they announced that there would, of course, be virtual school for the first semester, or for the first term, as it's called. And Mayor Muriel Bowser tried to dance around it, and the questions were coming in, well, why is it? Because cases are going up, you know, what is it? And she's like, well, it's a workforce issue. Wouldn't say the union in particular, just a workforce issue. D.C. schools are going virtual this fall, even though your seven-day average of new coronavirus deaths in the District of Columbia stands at 1%. They are averaging over seven days one new death a day from coronavirus. They are averaging 70 new positive tests per day. And mind you, I say positive tests, not cases, because that's the more accurate term. Not every positive test is actually a case. Cases are clinical where you actually see somebody with some actual symptoms and you know, okay, this person has COVID-19. 70 new positive tests per day in D.C., an average of one death a day, schools closed until November 6th. Which, November 6th? Yeah, that sounds awfully convenient, right? Until just after the election? Well, before you go crazy on this, technically, it is the end of the first term. So that is convenient, but that was actually on the books. So don't get crazy on that. Speaking of teachers, what if teachers were butchers? Well, we'd be starving, says my boy Phil in Green Bay. Imagine this. Well, we can't figure out a way to do it, so we're gonna drop a quarters of beef at our employees' homes and we'll have them cut it up and take it to the grocery store. <laughs> I'm from Green Bay, Zabe, you know. Packers, meat packing. Earlier this year, the beef processing plants were a COVID problem. The bosses put on their big boy underwear and got it under control and figured out a way to continue how to cut up old milk cows and Holstein steers and keep the food supply rolling. Plenty of beef in the stores now. I would love to buy the person in charge of health and safety, the local packing plant, a beer and hear his or her story on how it was done. Oh, and another thing, urban schools opening up in a virtual format and suburban schools often opening in person, gee, which population can better handle that sort of education model? Right, but isn't that racist to confine lower classes to an education model they can't deal with? I'm on a roll, I'm going to stop now, going to get on my boat and social distance for a couple hours and have a cold one and enjoy the weekend, filling Green Bay. None of what he says is wrong. It is so dead Spot on. This is punishment that is going to come to the poorest, and it's punishment to those kids in the inner city and their families and the working class. Apparently, though, some politicians don't seem to care. The union doesn't seem to care either. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Uh, D.C. has a strict quarantine rule. If you go to a high-risk state, you come back to D.C., you must self-quarantine for 14 days, no exceptions whatsoever. Well, there is an exception. If you are a member of Congress who went down to see the John Lewis funeral in Georgia, okay, you're exempted because that's official government business. All right, let's uh what do we have still out there to talk about? TikTok. TikTok TikTok. Trump says he's going to ban TikTok. As of right now Sunday morning, it's not banned. I did check my phone again to see if my app was on there, and I didn't see it, but I've got so many apps on my phone, I might have missed it. So looking, 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 I don't think it's on here. I had it on here for a while. I looked at it for a while. I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. Okay, and delete. Apparently, TikTok gets into all kinds of information. I think India has banned it. I know the State Department has said uh, that government employees are not allowed to have it. Here is Senator Josh Hawley, who's got an incredible voice, by the way. This guy should be doing voice work. Uh, This was his explanation as to why TikTok is dangerous. I'll, I'll play it, and then we can talk about it on the other side.
1: TikTok was the most downloaded app of 2019 more than any other app in the country. More teenagers are on TikTok now than use Facebook. It counts millions and millions and millions of Americans as users. But it is owned by a Chinese company that includes Chinese Communist Party members in leadership. And it is required under Chinese law to share user data with Beijing. And TikTok has admitted that it has sent user data to China. To put it bluntly, this is a major security risks risk for the American people. And what kind of data is TikTok collecting as it runs on our phones? A heck of a lot more than you would think. Images, of course, that users post, but TikTok also collects Information about the messages that you send, about the apps that you use, the other apps on your phone. It collects the sites that you visit. It collects your search history. It collects your keystrokes. It collects your location data. It stores all of this and maybe lots, lots more. And I can tell you, as the father of two small children, Uh, who already have many of their friends on social media, even though they're quite young, I find this absolutely horrifying, and we know that it's a national security risk. Since our last hearing on this subject, the Pentagon, the Department of State, the Department of Homeland Security, and the TSA have all banned their employees and service members from using TikTok on government devices. In fact, the Pentagon even went so far as to say that employees should have their children uninstall TikTok from their personal devices. That's pretty extraordinary. But actually it's only prudent. And that's why today I'm announcing. I will introduce legislation. To ban the use of TikTok. By all federal employees. On all federal government devices.
2: Okay so there you go. Um, there is an argument. And I've heard this. My buddy Josh there has said. Well I don't care. They already have all my information. There is sort of This. You know, blasé. Oh, well, pff, it's the Internet. Everyone's got my information. Okay. And there was talk of, well, maybe Microsoft could buy TikTok. And I said, well, how do we know Microsoft won't just lateral the information right over to China for a certain amount of money? Because China can buy anybody off, basically, if they want to. What's China doing with the data? is it really that important? Aren't all these apps, uh, isn't your phone spying on you in more ways than TikTok already? Yes, yes, maybe, I think, I don't know. But it's a a thing where you got to ask yourself at some point, should this be banned? And then you got to ask yourself, what next will they ban? And then you got to think, Are apps the new books? Are we now in an era of banning books like the bad old days? I'm conflicted on this because all of the data scraping is disclosed, I think, for the most part. Maybe they're scraping more. Risks of using cell phones are pretty well known in terms of privacy by the public. And we are in a global economy where there's going to be companies, not just from China, but from other places that, you know, could infect your phone with spyware, malware, who knows what. So if you start with TikTok, what's next? I don't know. I don't have a firm opinion on this one for once. I really don't. I know that, uh, I, I like a lot of people, I say, bring back Vine. Just bring back Vine. Why would you kill Vine? So it's stupid. You can do the same shit you're doing on TikTok, but shorter and quicker on Vine. So we shall see. Finally, let's pour one out for old Wilford Brimley. Darren Ravel tweeted, I hope people don't remember him just for his diabetes commercials. I hope they remember him for all the great roles he played in Cocoon and other movies and TV show appearances. He was America's good old down-home uncle with the white folksy mustache and that easy way about him. In fact, there was a Se- Seinfeld appearance That was classic when he played the postmaster general and had busted Kramer.
3: Who are you? Well, you can just call me Henry. Henry Atkins, the postmaster general? Last time I checked. (laughs) Henry, can I get out of here now? Oh, oh, sit a bit. Sit a bit. I mean, after all, I drove all the way up here from D.C. just to talk to you. Oh. I even had to cancel around of golf with the Secretary of State. You like golf, Mr. Kramer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Kramer, I've been uh, reading some of your material here. I got to be honest with you. You make a pretty strong case. I mean, just imagine an army of men in wool pants run through the neighborhood handing out pottery catalogs door to door. Well, it's my job (laughs) And I'm pretty damn serious about it In addition to being a postmaster I'm a general And we both know It's the job of a general to, by God, get things done (laughs) So maybe you can understand Why I get a little irritated when somebody calls me away from my golf I'm sorry I'm very, very sorry. Sure you're sorry. I think we got a stack of mail out there at the desk that belongs to you. Now, you want that mail, don't you, Mr. Kramer? Sure do. Now, that's better.
2: (laughs) He saluted the general. (laughs) And then then they bring in Newman in handcuffs with a bucket over his head because Kramer wanted to stop the mail. So there's that. And other things to more fondly remember, good old Wilford Brimley by, but let's be honest. He's known as the Diabetes Man. Diabetes Man. And you can have the Diabetes Dance Mix as well, one of my Here's favorites.
3: Liberty Medical, and there's something I want you to hear. Diabetes. People with diabetes. People with diabetes. People with Diabetes. Diabetes, diabetes. diabetes. Look, well, you have diabetes, diabetes. Look, you have diabetes, diabetes. if you have diabetes, 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 di-di-di-diabetes, di di diabetes di-di-di-diabetes, diabetes,
2: diabetes, diabetes. alright right, that'll do it for us today. For us, for me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everybody who came out to Caddy Day 1 at Washington County. It was fantastic. I've posted some pictures on Twitter of us in our silly caddy shack outfits, and I'm just looking to make it bigger and better next year. I want more cast members. I want Denunzio. I want Lacey Underall. I want Dr. Beeper. I want the whole cast. I want Brian Doyle-Murray, the Caddy Master. Everybody I can get. Let's bring him in. Let's do it. Thanks again for listening. I will see you tomorrow, everybody. Spread the word, and we will see you next time. Diabetes.
3: Diabetes. 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 Diabetes.
0: At Vanguard, this is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. Get your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined. And Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
1: Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty?